Horns in the Bible always represent authority, power, and kingdoms. Daniel saw two horns, but one rose above the other in the end. Daniel has seen history before the history began. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. One of the great proofs that the Bible is the Word of God is its prophecies that have been perfectly fulfilled. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us this time. Today, we're continuing our series through the book of Daniel entitled, Courageous Living in Trying Times. One of the things that has amazed me as I've studied this powerful book is just how specific Daniel's visions are regarding future events. One thing for sure, Daniel's prophecies required 100% accuracy or he would have been shunned. But he wasn't, because what he wrote came to pass to a T. In today's message, we're going to see Daniel predicting the rise and fall of specific nations, as well as his vision of an approaching abomination. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message, A Ram, A Goat, and An Abomination. Last time we closed out chapter 7 with Daniel having seen in a vision the return of Jesus and the establishment of the Lord Jesus' eternal kingdom. But now as we begin chapter 8, Daniel's given another amazing prophetic vision, and I want to just dive into verse 1 because he's going to give us the timing of this vision. Verse 1, in the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, to me, Daniel after the one that appeared to me the first time. So he's telling us this is the second vision. Chapter 7 was the first one. Chapter 8 is the second one. So the timeline here is the third year of Babylon's final king, Belshazzar. You remember Belshazzar is the one who was partying hardy, and all of a sudden that hand appeared and started writing on the wall. And it wrote, Meeny, meeny, tackle you parson, which in a nutshell meant, you're done, dude, and so is your kingdom. Now, that's the revised, Wickwire slanted, revised version. But that's really it. The kingdom of Babylon is done, and so are you. And that was the writing on the wall. Now, Daniel likely received this vision, the one he's talking about in verse 1, not long before the death of Belshazzar and the overthrow of Babylon by the Medes and the Persians. Remember, we've had four kingdoms that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed about and Daniel dreamed about. And it was Babylon, the Medes and the Persians, the Greeks, and the Romans. Now, when he had the dream and the vision, Babylon was in play. But now, the Medes and the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans are all future when he has this dream and has this vision. Daniel lets us know that this vision is a continuation of the vision of the preceding chapter that he refers to as the one that appeared to me the first time. When God gives you a dream or a vision, you don't forget it. 
Now, we're going to see that this new vision is regarding the following. Let me just list them. One, the overthrow of the Persian monarchy. And that Persian monarchy hasn't even taken over yet. Keep that in mind. He sees the Medes and the Persians taking over and then coming to their end before they even begin. And then second, by the Greeks under Alexander the Great. He sees that it's going to be the Greeks that take over the Medes and the Persians. And then third, the division of Alexander's Greek empire. And then fourth, the oppression of Israel by a man named Antiochus Epiphanes, who we're going to see as a type of Antichrist, who we'll talk about more in just a little bit. Now, Daniel continues in verse 2, and let's read verse 2. I saw in the vision, and it so happened while I was looking, that I was in Shushan, the citadel, which is in the province of Elam, and I saw in the vision that I was by the river Ulai. Now, I don't know how you pronounce that thing, but it doesn't matter to you or to me. I'm going to give it a good old college try. The river Ulai or Ulai, we'll just leave it there. It was a river. That's what we need to know. For some reason, I've noticed this. For some reason, the prophets of God often had their visions in the serene setting of a river. And the only thing I can think of is the Holy Spirit being like a river likes rivers. A lot of them had visions at rivers. Now verse 3, he goes on, Then I lifted my eyes and I saw, and there standing beside the river was a ram. Now here's the first character in his dream stepping onto the stage of history, a ram. And notice what he sees. It had two horns. But he sees further the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other. And the higher one came up last. Now, remember, when we see something like this, God never wastes a word, and God always intends something with what he shows. Now, once again, God has chosen to speak to Daniel through the symbolism of an animal, this time a ram with two horns. Now, in the vision of chapter 7, remember, there were four animals because God was speaking about four kingdoms, and each animal represented one of the kingdoms that God was showing Daniel about. But in chapter 8, in his second vision, Daniel's receiving revelation of only about two kingdoms, hence a ram with two horns. Now, the first of the four empires that we've looked at over and over again was Babylon, and it's completely omitted in this second vision because its fate is already known and it was now reaching its end. Every earthly kingdom, everybody, comes to an end. America will come to an end one day, I hate to tell you. China will come to an end. Russia will come to an end. Every nation in the world will come to an end. But there is one kingdom that we see about over and over again in Daniel that will never come to an end. And what is that? The kingdom of, of God. And who's the king? Jesus. Jesus' kingdom will never, never come to an end. It's an eternal kingdom, but it's the only one that will never come to an end. The rest of them do. And that's what we see in Daniel repeatedly. Now, the second empire in Daniel's former vision, the Medes and the Persians, or the Medo-Persian Empire, is the first focus in this second vision, the ram with two horns. And what is compared to a bear in chapter 7 is here symbolized by a ram in chapter 8. But it's the same kingdom, the Medes and the Persians. 
This ram has two horns. And according to the angel Gabriel, who speaks to Daniel in verse 20 of this chapter, it symbolizes the empire of the Medes and the Persians. So two horns, Medes and the Persians, which have been combined into one great coalition by the emperor Cyrus. So the reason the ram has two horns is very simple. It's because two kingdoms, the Medes and the Persians, together conquered Babylon and replaced it on that night when Belshazzar was killed and the Medes and the Persians came over and took over Babylon. But it was two kingdoms brought into one coalition, one ram, two horns. Horns in the Bible always represent authority, power, and kingdoms. Now I want you to notice that one of the horns is higher than the other. You know why? It's because though the Medes had a longer, richer history than did the Persians, under Cyrus, the Persians gained the ascendancy. They came up last. Daniel saw two horns that were high, but one rose above the other in the end. Hence, Daniel sees the second horn rising higher than the first one in the end. Now, remember again, I've got to remind you, this hadn't even happened yet. Daniel has seen history before the history began. <laughs> it's like if I sat here and told you tonight, I had a dream, and I saw the eagle, America, passing away, and another kingdom came in and took over America. And here's what it looks like. And I told you the whole thing. And a year from now, America was taken over by the very kingdom I described, and I already told you the end of that new kingdom before its beginning began. Amen. Only God can do that. Yeah. Only God can do that. Yeah. Not Nostradamus. Amen. Okay? Now let's look at verse 4 because it gets way deeper. Let's look at verse 4. I saw the ram pushing westward, northward, and southward so that no animal could withstand him, nor was there any that could deliver from his hand. But he did according to his will and became great. This is a prediction of how the Medes and the Persians would behave. And this was all fulfilled. Are you ready? Let me give you some history. History tells us that under Cyrus himself, the Persians pushed their conquests westward as far as the Aegean Sea, subduing Babylonia, Syria, and Asia Minor, and extended them to part of Greece under his successors, Darius and Xerxes. So there is the westward push. It happened in history. And then they pushed northward. Isn't that what he saw? I saw the ram pushing westward, northward, and southward. They pushed northward, and they subdued the Lydians, Iberians, Albanians, Armenians, Cappadocians, and the adjacent countries. That may mean nothing to you, except you need to catch that they did exactly what God told Daniel they would do before they even came on the scene. Amen. But then he said, I saw them also pushing southward. And we know from history, perfectly in line with Daniel's prophetic vision, they pushed southward. And they conquered Arabia, Egypt, Ethiopia, and India. They behaved exactly the way God showed Daniel they would behave. But guess what? We don't see them pushing eastward here, do we? They went west, they went north, they went south, but not east. And did you know that is exactly what happened in history? The medio persian Empire never turned eastward. Say with me, he knows the end before the beginning begins. Now, this is where the real prophets stand and all others fall. 
All right? He's telling us what nation is going to come, what its characteristics are going to be, and how it's going to behave, what it's going to conquer before it even shows up. Then another player steps onto the pages of history in Daniel's dream. So we got the ram, and look what he sees next in verse 5. And as I was considering, suddenly a male goat came from the west across the surface of the whole earth. And that, what does it say about his characteristic? What does it say? Without what? Touching the ground. And the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. Now these are the inspired words of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Theonoustos is the word for inspiration, and it means breathed out by God. Now here, God is telling us how history is going to happen once again. The male goat here is the introduction of the next kingdom to come, the Greeks. And you know who the notable horn is? It's Alexander the Great. The fact that Daniel sees his feet not touching the ground describes the way Alexander conquered the world of his day with great speed and rapidity. Remember that in Daniel's first dream, he was characterized as a leopard, and the leopard is the fastest land animal. A leopard can run a short distance at 80 miles an hour. Did you know that? Think about that. I want you to think about that. That's one of God's creations. A leopard can open it up and put the pedal to the metal and run 80. If you were going down 35, going 80, a leopard in a short burst could keep up with you. That's amazing. And he's described, Alexander is described as a leopard, and his characteristic is that he covered the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground. In other words, he's running so fast, it's as if his feet don't touch the ground. And this is the way Alexander conquered military people to this day. Look back on Alexander's conquests. He's amazing. He was a wonder kind. He was a prodigy. He was unbelievable. He was taught by Aristotle. Aristotle mentored him which doesn't necessarily impress me. I don't care for Aristotelian logic or philosophy. My philosopher is Jesus. But you got Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. Aristotle mentored Alexander. So he had this rich background. But look now, next we see a battle. And the battle is going to be between the ram and this male goat. So between the Medes and the Persians and the Greeks. Now watch this, verse 6. Then he came to the ram that had two horns. Who's that? The Medes and the Persians, which I had seen standing beside the river and ran at him with furious power. That's the way Alexander conquered. Look at verse 7. I saw him confront the ram. He was moved with rage against the ram, attacked the ram, and broke his two horns, representing who? The Medes and the Persians. There was no power in the ram to withstand him. Alexander won all his battles except the battle with himself, which I'll show you in a minute. There was no power in the ram to withstand him, but he cast him down to the ground and trampled him, and there was no one that could deliver the ram from his hand. It's exactly the way history went down. This describes the way Alexander attacked the Medes and the Persians. It was vicious. It was ferocious. And he won the battle, and he came on strong, and he didn't stop until they were trampled into the ground. And the Greeks took over the Medo-Persian Empire. History tells us that originally the Persians had attacked the Greeks under their leader, Darius. And apparently, that made Alexander mad. So under his leadership, the Persians are being attacked in return, and they are decimated. 
There was no power in the ram, writes Daniel, to stand before that male goat, Alexander and the Greeks. Now, Alexander conquered wherever he came. He routed all the forces. He took all the cities and castles, and he entirely subverted and ruined the Persian Empire. Remember, Daniel is seeing this before they are ever on the stage of history. Now, Daniel continues to describe Alexander and the Greeks. Look at verse 8. Therefore, the male goat grew very great, and he did indeed. But when he became strong, the large horn was broken. Who's the large horn? Alexander. Alexander. And what happened to him? He's broken. And what happened in place of him? What took his place? Four notable horns came up toward the four winds of heaven. And we know that when Alexander died, his four generals took over. Daniel didn't know that was going to happen in and of himself. But that's exactly the way history went down. When Alexander, the horn was broken, four generals took over, four notable ones came up toward the four winds of heaven. Now, I mentioned that last time that Alexander was an extraordinary military genius. He died at 33 years old. Can you imagine? He conquered much of the known world before he was 33. I know people still living in mama's basement when they're 33. He took over the world before he was 33. That was back when men were men and not the crybabies we're producing today. But don't get me on that. Y'all have noticed that after the election, many of the colleges had to provide cry rooms for the students. Oh, my Lord. I read that and I say, this is who's going to rule the nation tomorrow. This is who's coming up next. They brought them dogs to comfort them and they put them in safe rooms. Please. I like manly men. Manly men. Men that can take some adversity. But I digress. (laughs) But Alexander conquered most of the world before he was 33. And there are two accounts of his final days and death, and both include over-drinking, slipping into a fever, and dying. He conquered the world, but he couldn't conquer himself. Folks, there's a real lesson here. He conquered the world, but he couldn't conquer himself. He was an alcoholic, and he drank and over-drank and over-drank, You read the history of Alexander. He got drunk all the time. He was a drunkard. He was a functioning alcoholic. But it finally got him. He conquered the world, couldn't conquer himself. The horn in Daniel's vision is broken. Four notable horns replace it. Four of Alexander's generals replaced him, showing the incredible accuracy of Daniel's vision from God. But it's not over. Now yet another player steps onto the stage in Daniel's vision. Verse 9, and out of one of them, one of the four generals, came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great towards the south, east, and towards the glorious land being Jerusalem and Israel. Now remember, I don't want us to get confused between the little horn in chapter 7 and the little horn in chapter 8 because they're not the same. In chapter 7, we're introduced to another little horn that came up, remember, from the midst of ten horns or ten nations, or ten leaders of nations in the last days. And that was the Antichrist. Those ten horns are ten nations that evolve in the last days out of the ancient Roman Empire, symbolized by the terrible beast that so troubled Daniel. And that's what we looked at last time. But this is not the same little horn. This next little horn in chapter 8 
is different because its origins are different. Instead of appearing in the midst of the ten horns of the Roman Empire, this little horn comes out of one of the four horns or generals that inherit Alexander's kingdom. So this little horn in chapter 8 is totally different from the little horn of chapter 7. And this is, again, exactly what happened, just as God showed Daniel. One of the four generals was named Antiochus the Great. And out of his family came a vile man named Antiochus Epiphanes. And he goes down in history as the first man to commit an abomination of desolation that we all are familiar with because of the prophecy of Jesus. Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation happen, you better head for the hills. And just a couple of decades after Jesus said that, the fall of Jerusalem happened. And they walked into the temple, the Romans did, and they desecrated the temple, committed the abomination of desolation, just like Jesus said would happen. But Antiochus Epiphanes is the first in history to desecrate the Holy of Holies, the inner sanctum of the temple of God. The name Epiphanes comes from a root name meaning madman, and it fits him. In chapter 7, we're introduced to the Antichrist who's yet to come. But here we're introduced to a type of the Antichrist in his actions and in his blasphemies. Antiochus Epiphanes was able by hook and crook to gain control of Syria, from which he began attacking other nations. Now let's read more about him, because he is the little horn that arose out of one of the four generals, Antiochus the Great. So let's read more about him. Verse 10, And it, the little horn, grew up to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host and some of the stars to the ground and trampled them. What an amazing book of prophecies we have found in Daniel's writings. I hope your faith and confidence in the Bible are being strengthened as we see how Daniel's prophecies came to pass just exactly as God showed him. Now don't go anywhere because we've got some exciting things to share with you, our Life Talk listeners, you're going to want to take advantage of. And join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, A Ram, A Goat, and An Abomination. Now, here's our announcer. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand, today's broadcast, or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. 
And you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. A ram, a goat, and an abomination is the ninth message of Pastor Jeff's series, Courageous Living. You can own a copy of this 13-CD set for just $65 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Courageous Living, for only $65 plus shipping. By logging on to LiveTalkRadio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.